Hello and welcome to another episode of Thoughts from Player One, the bi-weekly podcast where we take a look at one sort of narrative or story-focused game. And this week we're going to go ahead and continue with our Life is Strange run. As always, I'm Alex. I'm Duncan. And Duncan, we made it! We did it! We made it to the best episode of Life is Strange. Spoiler we alert. We did it. Well, we you may think it's the best it. episode. We, I, only because it's objectively true. We're here. We're <laughs> in it. We got to it. We got through it. Yeah. Are you excited? I'm excited. I'm excited that, like, we did this. You know what I mean? Like, this uh, little background, you know, this is what started the podcast. Because we talked about Life is Strange a lot. And, you know, mm-hmm. we said we should record this. You know, mm-hmm. it only took us, like, 12 episodes, but we finally got to it. And then we did it, and I'm uh, happy, you know, sad to see it go. I feel like we're gonna look back on this someday if we keep doing this, and then realize that, like, wow, we fucking ruined our opportunity on this one. <laughs> we pulled an oxen free. It's the worst, but <laughs> you know, I feel like we can also pretty much just cut and clip this opener into our final episode. So we got two birds with one stone with this one so far. So nice job. We're doing good. We're doing good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Without burning too much time to keep these episodes brief, let's go ahead and hop into that story summary. Cue the music, cue the lights! Episode 4 opens with Max and the now quadriplegic Chloe strolling along the beach at sunset. They talk about the accident that paralyzed Chloe and Max's grief over being so distant. Back at Chloe's, they spend some quality time reminiscing and watching Blade Runner. The next morning, Max goes to get Chloe's morphine injector. On her way, she spends time speaking with William and Joyce about their life since the reversed accident. After Max returns to Chloe, the two look through a photo album of pictures from their youth. While reliving their past, Chloe stops and tells Max that this has been the best day she's had in a long time. Eventually, she asks Max to help her overdose on morphine because she doesn't feel like her life is worth living anymore. Max then has a choice to help Chloe or refuse her request. After doing either, Max travels back to the day of William's death and lets him leave, fixing what she had altered. Max returns to present day and sees Chloe and everything else back to normal. The duo decide to look for more clues about Kate and Rachel Amber, starting with David. They find bits of information including pictures and coordinates of various vehicles. Upon leaving Chloe's house, the two decide to visit Kate, if she's still alive. She agrees to help Max by providing Nathan's room number at the school. They head to Nathan's room, break in, and find his phone hidden behind a couch. As they are leaving, Nathan bumps into them and starts a confrontation. As things begin to escalate, Warren intervenes and starts beating Nathan. Chloe and Max then go to see Frank where they are hoping to get a copy of his client list. Depending on how the situation is handled, Frank is either killed, wounded, or unharmed, giving up the client list. With all three clues, they manage to put everything together and find out that Nathan was at an abandoned barn owned by the Prescott family the night of the Vortex Club party. They go to the barn and discover a disturbing scene in a shelter built underground pictures of victims hung on the wall, and a setup with tripods and studio lighting populate a steel-clad bunker. They find numerous red binders, labeled with names, including both Rachel and Kate. There's also one for Victoria, but it's empty, leading them to believe she is next. The binders are filled with pictures of victims drugged and in different poses. Chloe sees a picture of Rachel lying in a hole in the ground at the junkyard. She rushes out immediately to try and find her. At the junkyard, Chloe frantically claws at the earth, digging until she eventually reveals Rachel's dead body and is overcome with grief. They both return to Blackwell for the end of the world party in order to get revenge on Nathan. Max notes that there are two moons before a drunk Warren stumbles up and wants to take a selfie with Max. Chloe rushes off to the party and Max works on finding Nathan's whereabouts and runs into Victoria. During the course of their conversation, Max may or may not warn Victoria about the dark room. After discovering that Nathan is notably absent, Chloe and Max go to leave and are stopped by Mr. Jefferson, who wants them to stay and see the reveal of the winner for the Everyday's Heroes contest, which, to nobody's surprise, ends up being Victoria. Chloe gets a text from Nathan saying there won't be any evidence when he's done. They rush to the junkyard again and find that the body is still there. 
As they are inspecting Rachel's body, Max is stabbed from behind with a needle, and Chloe gets shot in the head, falling dead to the ground, just as she turned to arm herself. Max, struggling to stay conscious, looks up at the killer, and is horrified to find it is none other than her favorite teacher, Mark Jefferson. So, Mr. Jefferson, did you see that coming, Alex? You see that shit on your rear view? No, man, that fucking blindsided me full on out of nowhere. I had no idea that was that was going to happen. Maybe I'm just an idiot, though. What about you? No, I didn't see it coming at all. I was like, I was I was pretty shocked. I, I did always think that he was like minorly corrupt in some way because like, you know, he had ignored Kate and like had a weird thing going on with Victoria so I knew that he was somewhat corrupt in some way, but uh, did not see the whole, you know, drug and killing. Yeah, that was like a bit much. Honestly, like even on second, like watch through recently, mm-hmm. I was, you know, going through and he was doing his shit and he was just talking to people. And like, if you don't pay too closely, he's just kind of like a cool dude. Honestly, at points <laughs> I was like, fuck, I'd hang out with Jefferson. I'd smoke a bowl with that motherfucker. And I was like, oh, no, wait, he fucking like, yeah, he does bad shit to people. <laughs> So he even like him and Chloe even kind of get along in the the last episode. He's like, what, you know, what's a cool girl like you not coming to Blackwell or something like that. I don't remember the exact tone. Yeah, but that see, that was the part where I didn't think it was good (laughs) was when he was like, "Mm, you're too cool for school. (laughs) No, you're the worst now. Yeah. Well, Uh, well, you know, so you want to just go you want to go into our choices, buddy? Yeah, let's hit up what happened for each of us this episode so we can fill in the, uh, you know, the listeners at home on what our stories look mm-hmm. like. So first option or first first real choice point there was kind of a the fucking doozy um, in the, the past scenario, whether or not you as Max chose to um, administer the overdose of morphine to Chloe. I like how you how, describe how, how it. How did you play that one? I like how you describe it as a doozy. <laughs> It was. It was you know, more than a doozy. It was like a, <laughs> a morally and <laughs> complex choice to make. I would describe yeah. like traffic on the interstate as a doozy. No, I would describe this very clearly as a doozy because, you know, when it happened, I was like, ooh, and that's the noise I make when something's a doozy. <laughs> like, <laughs> look, I'm not trying to take the gravitas away from the situation. I'm just saying it was a difficult choice to make. Yeah. No, I, I understand. Doozy, if you okay, will. fine. I'll accept it. But to I'm basically just fucking putting off answering the question. So, um, Yeah, well, I want you to answer it, though. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what I did? What'd you do, I loosened that valve on more morphine, and I let her go. Respect. Respect? Respect. I did the same thing, so I got to respect that decision. I actually didn't know this decision. Like, most of the time, I can either guess or, like, I remember us talking about it, but I I really don't remember, didn't remember this one. Did your friend that you're watching play, did he do the same thing? Uh, yeah, he, he watched both of them, and then I think he agreed to kill her because, mm. you know, he knew he was going back in time anyway. Mm. Um, I, I'm surprised you don't remember this decision. I thought this was one of the, like, one of the kind of larger decisions of the entire game. Yeah, well, no, it's not that I don't remember it in the game. I just don't remember your choice. Yeah, yeah. wait. No, I don't remember your... Alex's choice. Oh, my yes. choice. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Like usually I can guess yours there. or like, you know, like remember that what we talked about. But yeah. No, yeah, I gotcha. No. I gotcha. No, I, I thought this was like this was a really, really good instance of them doing a lot of the like shades of gray in morality type stuff that um yeah. is kind of where this game's decision making shines. Um and it was perfect because it was it was still high in importance but it wasn't as big of a deal and i didn't feel like i was going to get shafted for picking one way or the other because you were going to go back in time anyways. yeah very stressful but very low impact regardless was was good yeah i also like that this Which was perfect choice. this was the only choice in the game where they give you the maybe option or like i don't know 
and you can just select yeah. that, and then afterwards it just makes you choose anyway. Like, oh, it's Liver of Hope. Yeah. Oh, thank God I don't have to make the. Oh, cool, cool. Thanks, game. Cool. Thanks for that. Yeah, you know that was like a, a total like boardroom pitch like being like yeah and then this time we'll give them the i don't know option but it'll route them to the beginning <laughs> like yeah yeah and everyone laughs and it's like ha we have to make people make horrible decisions <laughs> life is hard so, and this is the worst yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i would say that that was one of my favorite choices in episode four i would tend to agree i think that was of the, all of the choices you get in episode four that was definitely my favorite that was that was yeah. probably my favorite favorite decision up to this point um though i still think the like the whole arc of what can happen with kate on the roof was a better moment at this point yeah i'll I'll agree with you on that one um and we're going to talk about all these kind of situations a little bit more later in the episode so i don't think we're like glossing over the entire past sequence or anything like that yeah just that specific decision uh so when warren was just just Ham fisting Nathan. <laughs> what? Is that what ham fisting is? What ham fisting is. Also, you do things <laughs> ham fistedly. You ham fisting oh. just sounds like a really fucking weird Urban Dictionary entry that I don't want to know about. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, he did ham fistedly beat him. Um, I'm. He doesn't really have ham hands though. Anyways, just this is getting a ham off and beating the shit out of Nathan's face with it. It was weird, man. <laughs> Christmas got weird did you, this year. <laughs> did you stop him? Um, <laughs> I, I actually struggled to remember what I did this time. I think I did not stop him, though. I, I watched both of them, and this was actually, I thought, also a really good choice, because initially I was like, yeah, beat up the motherfucker. <laughs> Who cares? And then I was like, oh, God, dude, stop, stop, stop. Too far, too far, too far. Yeah. Um, but I Yeah, if you, like, let him do it, it does feel too far. He, like knocks him down and then just starts like repeatedly punching him in the face and then kicking him and it was it was and nathan cries like a little bitch very true um i think the reason that i didn't stop him though was because if you choose to stop him then nathan ends up with the gun and if you choose not to then you end up with the gun and i did not have a gun for my previous adventures in the game so i was like yeah Let's do yep. this. Let's get a gun. Let's let's do this. And you fucking and you see you saw his room beforehand, so like yeah. <laughs> you do not want that motherfucker having a no, gun. No, you saw his room beforehand and also you saw the first ten minutes of the game when he killed Chloe, so I'm just like, let's keep guns away yeah. from Nathan. <laughs> it doesn't seem yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that definitely made it a lot easier to pick. Um, to pick that. But I myself asked him to stop. Oh, look at you. Look at you, you little fucking piece. I, I had I had a weird theory that I couldn't really complete that I didn't think Nathan was the was the 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 um the killer mm. in any way or whatever was happening. Just seemed like too much of a red herring, like too obvious. Yeah, yeah. So so I thought that like it's not going to be a big deal for him to have the gun, and I think it would have been a, been a bigger deal because I thought he had connections that like something would happen to like you know Warren. Or, yeah us or something so i i was i that is where we differ that's legit i that was like that was a really good scene i was proud of them for like hey you did something right with warren this time good for you guys yeah i mean it was a little out of his like character it's weird that he's like a strong not strong but he likes to fight for how fucking nerdy he is yeah but i mean every nerd wants to be really good at fighting you know but he is. Well, I mean, like, he's not great at it. He just, like, gets the jump on Nathan, and then when he falls down, he punches him in the face a lot. Anyone can do that. I guess. I can't yeah. do that. Well. <laughs> I don't have the guts. That's fair. And it was, it was, it was fucking dark. But no, I was, I was really happy with that. I was like, man, like, I didn't like Warren's character. And for a minute, I was like, okay, there's a lot of depth to his character. And then he goes outside, and he's like, I went all alpha on him. No more being a beta nerd for me. And I was like, all right, fuck it. You lost it again. You're the worst fucking get out of here yeah but he's a teenager that's a teenager thing i just don't care it bothered me a lot it bothered me a lot duncan it just always does yeah but like i think it's still well written though because that's what a teenager would say i never said that when i was a teenager well that's because when you're playing it's different teenagers teenagers always change This is true. Let's move on before we get into a discussion about what a teenager is, because I'm just not. I'm not there right now. 
um, those, those kind of mark the two, at least as far as we can recall, landmark decisions where you have to choose one side or the other. But um, the next kind of, yeah. of major point is when you go to see Frank at the RV and kind of the number of different ways that, that scene can play out from Frank being, you know, perfectly fine and friendly towards you to Frank being totally dead. Um, so how did you how did you play that scene? I hate that scene. Oh way. no! I'll put it. I'll put it straightforward. That I, I was very frustrated with that scene because all I wanted to do was I just wanted no confrontation, and I knew it was possible. I just didn't want to kill him. I didn't want him to be injured. I just wanted to get the client list, and I wanted to go, and I wanted to like because he's the last stop mm-hmm. in your like trio of clues, and I just wanted to figure everything out. And it was just this difficult scene where you have to say the right things, and it's like a series of five or four things, and they're just ambiguous as to which ones you should really pick in my opinion and i could never get the combo right so i just ended up injuring him because i just i just don't care about frank all that much (laughs) but it was just such a like it was such a boring conversation to be honest it was like well that's my dog and then max is like no frank i love dogs they're my favorite thing in the world i i think it's so great that you have a dog that is trained well like it's just not an interesting conversation, and I didn't enjoy it. That's fair. That's fair. I I feel differently. Um, I, I ended up getting through it without getting Frank Hirsch um, through a lot of rewinding. Um, the reason I like that scene, so I can agree with some of what you said, that like, hey, this isn't really that interesting. I think there are interesting moments in it, but I think by and large it's kind of a boring conversation. Um, the reason I like that scene is just for the ridiculous complexity of it because there are so many pieces of it and they're happening based on so many previous choices and current states. And, you know, yeah. when you rewind, you get to say something to Chloe and based on what you said to Chloe changes things. Um, so it's just a really, I find it very impressive from a technical standpoint that the conversation has so many moving pieces. And I've seen like the flow chart for how that conversation can play out. And it's, freaking enormous and i really think that's it's just a super cool scene um, regardless of whether or not it's super interesting though the game does go like yeah. really really way too deep and the, like every single thing that frank mentions is basically a throwback to something that you did earlier that episode or previously and it just feels kind of it, it loses some of the shine right it feels like actual pieces moving in place as opposed to a conversation it's like oh did you do this to frank well then he will say x and then it's a direct reference to what you did and that kind of took me out of it a little yeah. bit yeah i mean that part of it's pretty cool but like it's just too, for me it was too many moving pieces that led to the same thing because i could only get kill or injure but i was kind of a dick to frank so maybe it was harder for me gotcha yeah i mean if you were a dick to frank and you didn't have his money yeah, you were kind of fucked. But yeah, I don't know. I was pretty so. fucking pissed because my roommate playing through it got through 100% of everything the first time without making a single one of the wrong choices and just left. And he was like, oh, that scene was really kind of weird. And I was like, you you motherfucker. You're supposed to spend half an hour rewinding through that scene until you get the right combination. <laughs> you fucking motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, I I did not. Yeah, I, did, I had the opposite experience. I spent way too much time on that one. Yeah, that can kind of, kind of take some of the, the shine off it a little bit. Well, I mean, those are decisions. Pretty, pretty not too many this 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 time I really around. Felt like they were not too more many than butterfly this, moments. No, no, we're not calling them butterfly moments, Duncan. Yes, Duncan. we are. There's a little butterfly that pops up in the corner and it goes, <laughs> and that's a butterfly. It's moment. not. I refuse. I absolutely stand my ground. Will die on this hill. Refuse to call them butterfly moments. It just doesn't feel like whether or not to euthanize your friend is not a butterfly moment. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's just not. Maybe, maybe not. Oh, <laughs> uh, so a lot kind of goes on this episode. So I, I do just kind of want to go through because I think some of the scenes are let's, really good and just kind of discuss the chit-chat. the different settings, um, as opposed to the kind of the more traditional format where we ask questions. So I guess to kind of kick it off, what were your general thoughts and and like the tones and how how do you feel about that entire, um intro section where you're back in time with with yeah. past chloe or i love future past chloe it was yeah it was it was great it's such a it threw me off in such a 
good way that I'll never forget as far as a plot bringing me to a point where I didn't expect it to. Um, the different the different like things in different places. So we kind of discussed this last episode with David being a bus driver and like, you know, uh, just the, all the changes you being in the Vortex Club party of just one person uh, being dead or alive is such a cool thing to see. And it's been done before, which is whatever, but it still was really fun to explore and sad also to explore a world where your best friend is a quadriplegic and I can only, you know, imagine one of my friends and like going to visit them in an alternate timeline where they're in the same situation. And like, it spoke to me in a very real way of everything does matter, you know, that, um, uh, I think is kind of interesting. Hmm. And I, I don't know. It was just something that I really, I really enjoyed. And some of the moments, between like chloe and max's interaction seemed a little unbelievable like in the sense of max comes back after apparently just ignoring chloe for all this time and she's just like attached to her now and i just don't believe that you i know? mean could you I, I think you could potentially make a case that the reason that at least chloe latched onto max so strongly was because you know there was that past bond there and then after the accident you know, basically everyone kind of stopped with her, so she doesn't really have any friends, so human contact with someone she actually likes outside of her parents is so rare that I think you would probably form those connections much quicker, especially if you knew you were in the mindset where you're like, hey, I kind of want to die soon, so... Yeah, I think that's you could... true. Yeah, maybe it was all a facade yeah. to just, you know, have an assisted suicide. Yeah. Or maybe, you know, maybe she just really wanted to have a good day where she could just laugh with someone her own age and she never got that opportunity in the last couple of years yeah um, that's yeah, true that's... but i i enjoyed it i it was one of my favorite moments that i'll never there are moments that i think you like a lot but this is like mine that i will probably never forget and i i don't know why it's just stuck with no, me. i mean it's, it's a very very well constructed and powerful moment so i think it is fair to say that it would stick with you um personally i I, I i really liked it as well i think one of the things i, I want to highlight really quickly was that first scene on the beach you know there's there's a lot of good things to say about that scene but holy fuck the lighting in that scene was fucking amazing it looked yeah. so good it, it definitely like put me in a spin where i was in that that beach scene and i'm like wow they really did a better job on episode four. They must have gotten more in their budget, and then they got back to her room, and I was like, oh, well. <laughs> Just that scene, I guess. Yeah. Well, you know, they hit it strong at the start, and that's what's important. Um, yeah. No, I, I really liked that. I think um, some of the conversations you have, specifically conversations you have with Joyce about the difference is really powerful. Um, actually getting to speak to William was really powerful. Finding a couple of the letters was... Was, again, these were all like really good, strong emotional moments. I do think the game overplayed its hand a little bit, where you couldn't walk six steps without finding out that they're massively in debt. And at some point, I was thinking, like, guys, just fucking keep your bills in a pile somewhere. Like, <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Yeah, it seems pretty unrealistic, but also they don't have to hide that from anybody. You know, yeah. like they don't have to hide it from Chloe, but I she already knows, you know. Yeah. But I, I do want to say something that William is just the nicest guy that has no flaws at all, and that kind of bothers me. I mean, you only have a couple-minute conversation with him, so you don't really get to know him. Mm -hmm. But they just make it out so just to tug your heartstrings a little bit, and I kind of want to slap him on the wrist for that because it's it just it feels a little heavy-handed when it's just the, that character is just the nicest person possible. And he's just like... He makes all these comments that... I feel like our ton in cheek, like connected to the whole rewinding back and changing, making you alive kind of thing. And I can't, I wish I wrote them down to pull them out, but I definitely got that feeling. I'm curious if you felt the same. I, I, I think I definitely noticed that, but it was a little easier for me to look past than it was for you. I guess I, I didn't, it didn't bother me so much. I think it was because your time with him was so brief that it was like, yeah, he didn't really seem to have any flaws, but also like, I don't know. He didn't, like, nothing he said seemed out of 
place or like no conversation. No, it's not brought that it up. seemed out of place. It, he just seemed like really, really, really nice. Like I, yeah, I don't but know. you didn't. There was no conversational topics that let him, like that would have led him to somewhere where he wouldn't be nice, right? Like you were a teenage yeah, girl asking so. him about like how his life was going. He's not gonna like get angry. <laughs> He's just gonna like try and coddle you. No, I don't want him to get angry. I think I'm being miss understood i guess i don't know maybe uh, it would take too much time to really explain yeah. what i mean on that so i'll let it i sit. think i i think i understand what you mean i think i just didn't feel that way about his character sure. so i think that's fair um sure so yeah I, do you have anything else you want to say about that like kind of sequence that that time that place um i mean other than just the moment where max like ends up leaving that place Mm. and it just directly like transitions it takes a it takes a you ready for a, an old meme an old thoughts from player oh, one no meme? here it comes uh hard turn <laughs> that was not a good yeah right back into the that story was bad like and it's just bringing back of that meme i didn't feel like you committed yeah, to it that very was well bad no no but the hard turn was strong and i like it i like how strong that turn ended up being of her just jumping right back into reality and you know coming back to what the story was and she just kind of has to live with that fact you know like yeah she just has to live with the fact that she traveled back in time with a picture altered the future went to that future went back changed it and came back to present time and no one knows the wiser yeah that would fuck with me a lot i think i think that would fuck with me a lot and then like and it's surprising how little it fucks with her (laughs) i mean it's been a crazy (laughs) week you know you gotta cut her some slack um, I think I could deal with a lot of that. I think I could even deal with the like euthanizing Chloe. I think the thing I couldn't deal with is when you go back to that middle portion and then decide to do nothing and then basically what would feel to me like committed murder because you just let this person die and you knew they were going to do it. Like, I think yeah. as a teenager, that would have destroyed me. Yeah. But I mean,. I, I could definitely see that. And um, I don't think, I mean, if you were put in that situation, like, could you let those keys be hid? Like, could you do that to have your best friend be, like, out of that situation? I I think I would not have a choice but to, because, like, at some point you're trading one life for another, right? And I would want it to be yeah. the person who I'm super close friends with and also, like, and is, is younger, younger. And his choice would probably end up being that yeah. like if you asked him you know yeah so but yeah i think i think i could also do something like that good uh, good but. fucking opening i think all in all definitely in my opinion the strongest opening of any episode yet hell yeah so, um yet well <laughs> yeah i am not i'm not talking about episode five right now duncan i'm just saying it's better than one through three <laughs> fuck off all right <laughs> you gotta stick around uh so from there, you kind of jump right back to the present, and then um, you get tasked with, like, going to find three pieces of information. A very, like, haha, look, it's a video game objective-style conversation happens. Uh, yeah. How did you feel about those next, like, were, did any of those strike you as fun or, or exciting, or did any of them strike you as, I know you didn't like the, the Frank scene at all. Um, no, I didn't like the Frank scene. I don't, I don't really care about the... Um the wow stepdad yeah david david i didn't really care about the david scene <laughs> come on duncan get it together <laughs> i'm sorry i forget names easily Weirdly. i don't really care about the, the david one and um i mean the kate one is just useless like you're helping me out by giving me his room number i don't yeah I, I could have figured that shit out myself. I mean, there is literally, like, a board on the wall that has people's names written <laughs> over their room number. Yeah. Like, it's not hard to figure that out. It was a nice little scene, though, like, talking to Kate and being yeah, like, Yeah, oh, I good. liked the scene. I just wish I could have gotten, like, a different bit of information, well, you know, from yeah, her. Yeah, I agree, but... This, but she doesn't really know much, yeah, so... I mean, what could she say? Like, I don't know. I think Nathan did it and be like, yeah, fucking me too. Great. Thanks. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Bye. <laughs> um, yeah. I do like that scene with Kate 
because like it's just so happy and colorful and also i really like that hot dog dude that like shows up in fucking every episode basically somewhere and there's like a hot dog (laughs) superhero guy like he's my favorite he's my favorite character in the whole yeah he's pretty great i would put him on the top 10 characters list oh yeah he goes right above chloe so yeah (laughs) (laughs) not not in life is strange i mean overall Yeah, he goes right yeah, above Chloe. All time. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I think I kind of agree. These, I don't think any of these were particularly bad. I thought the scene with like Nathan's room was kind of cool and creepy. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I jumped to Kate's scene instead of thinking about Nathan's scene. I didn't want to say that. I was terrified walking through Nathan's room. I really didn't. I didn't like. I liked that I didn't like it. Mm, one of those, you know. Yeah, I was uncomfortable. I definitely feel you. The projector. It's always the projector, <laughs> dude. Just like in detention. It's the projector every time. If man. it were just like a big TV, you'd have been totally fine. Oh, totally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his room definitely, they did a good job of creating an atmosphere. Though, again, I think this was maybe another instance of the game overplaying its hand just a tiny bit with like every single thing you click on has to be creepy. Um, except for the note from his sister. But it was definitely yeah. unsettling to be in there, to say the least. Um, and every time Max goes, whoa, <laughs> like you can't keep being whoa. surprised at this. <laughs> whoa, Nathan's really messed up. Yeah, I think the only ones that, that really got me were the like scratch marks on the carpet. And I was like, OK, all right, that's really uncomfortable. I don't like that yeah. one bit. Well, some of his art was terrible. Like, it's fucking weird. That's true. It's real weird. But like, there's a difference between weird art and like rapey yeah, scratch marks true. on your carpet. Like, yeah, but all of it. You yeah, know what I mean, you can have you can have one or the other. <laughs> you can have the scratch marks, or you can have the art, but you can't have both. Yeah, that really pushes it over the edge. It's just a hair yep. too far. I'll tell you what. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Generally speaking, though, I I felt largely the same. I enjoyed all of the things, um, like all of the different moments, quite a bit. But I didn't. Um, what about putting the clues together? So that was the next thing I wanted to talk about. So I did actually want to yeah. mention real quick, um, just because I thought this yeah. was a good moment in in Frank's, like when you go to Frank's RV again, if you walk around mm-hmm. to the back of his RV, um, and in episode one you had written clean me on the side of it because you had the option to because yeah. Max is like a dumb teen and it was funny. She goes like, ah, clean me. Every, like, nothing's complete without this. It's like dirty windshield. Yeah. I, I don't remember what she said. I butchered it. But it was dumb. Um, and then it's still there in episode four and she like sees it and can comment on it and is like, huh, well, I, it really wasn't that funny of a joke anyway. And I liked that because it was kind of a cool callback, but I also liked that because it served as kind of like a weird metric for the growth of Max as a character between being like an innocent, mm-hmm. happy-go-lucky teen and then being like, hey, I've seen some fucking shit this week and this is not like this is I'm putting aside the antics of children because I euthanized my friend 20 minutes ago. So yeah, she's matured quite a bit. Yeah. So yeah, that's a, that's an, I never thought of that. That's a good one. Yeah. I applaud you. I don't really have anything to say. It's just, yeah, that's, I mean, that I didn't really have anything else to say. It does show growth. (laughs) Um, but yeah, the puzzle, um, you know, for those of you that didn't play, there's, you know, this big puzzle and you have, uh, just a kind of a shitload of clues and you have to like select the proper ones to make logical sense in order to build out you know this this puzzle as it goes on and then you have fewer and fewer clues and then eventually you can kind of pinpoint the location of the darkroom with it mm-hmm. but i thought that puzzle was really fucking good personally yeah no i actually really enjoyed that one it was a nice turn from the shitty conversation i had with frank in my opinion and <laughs> I don't know. The other ones don't really feel like puzzles, but I felt like I was making some progress. So I really liked the investigation portion of it. Yeah, I did. It did make me feel slightly detective-y without making me feel like I had to think super, super hard. It, it was know? very Nancy Drew. I loved it. Um, yes. Yeah. It, and it was such a cool change from like there were puzzles previously in the game, but all of them were basically, hey, do this, then rewind, then do it again differently. That was almost yeah. 100% of the puzzles, but this one, like, it was cool, and they actually demanded yeah, you to you think You got out of bit. Max's third-person perspective, you know what yeah. I mean? It was, uh, you, you actually got to, like, look at stuff and, you know. Yeah. I, um, funnily enough, we, we played through, again, like, my roommate played through this, and I watched, and 
he took forever on this puzzle i think is the right way to describe it it was forever and uh you know to preface that you know we, we live in colorado and he had had himself a little bit of colorado-based fun previously so he was having trouble putting things together in his head as to what he was trying to do but it was the funniest goddamn thing to try and see him go like mm, i think this and this make no that doesn't make any sense what the hell <laughs> this should make perfect sense and i was just cracking up on the couch while he's trying to figure it out him and Max were having like similar yeah, voice, basically. Voice lines. Like, oh, this is what it would look like if they didn't edit this part of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Come on, man. Did you? Uh, there was like a sub thing in this that I thought was actually really cool. Like you had to unlock Nathan's cell phone. Did you do that the first time, or did you end up getting help? Do you remember? I think I got it the first time. What happens if you end up getting help? Uh, you don't actually, I don't think you actually get help, so to speak. It just says, like, hey, it's locked. Enter in this number, like, this PIN number, and then the PIN number is just displayed on a card. Um, but you can find his actual password in one of the things, and it ends up just being his birthday. But you have to, like, transpose it into numbers, and I thought it was kind of neat. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I'm starting to remember that. Yeah. They did a lot of... I think I actually had to do that. The one I, because I wa- I've been watching it. The one I watched, I think, got it right away. Mm, but yeah, yeah. The, the puzzle man, it did a lot of like really cool little shit where it wasn't like too difficult, but it made you feel really smart. Mm-hmm. This I liked looking through Nathan's texts. They were kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, I I wish I would have written him some of them down because they were just kind of like the the like whole getting the drugs thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, <laughs> it's interesting. But we'll speak. Yeah. So fucking, uh, so good. Just teens trying to buy drugs through text messages gotta love it gotta love it gotta love it gotta love that smack buying mm-hmm. all of the words for drugs just all of the drug words <laughs> I, I, if if i make it if we make it to episode well we'll make it there but i mean <laughs> if i do it by like the last episode i would like to make a compilation of everything that david calls weed. <laughs> you should you really should because right. i think that would be beautiful I think it would. I, I wonder if we can just Google that. I wonder if it's on YouTube already. I doubt Probably it. Probably not. Um, but yeah, that was that was my favorite puzzle in the game. I this episode is yeah. actually really puzzle heavy because you have to try and break into Frank's locker, and then you have to solve that like big three part or not Frank, uh, David's locker, and then solve the big like mm-hmm. poster board puzzle, and then when you go to the barn, there's another time puzzle that involves like tying a rope to something uh, heavy yeah and that one that one was okay i didn't mind that, that was a little difficult. i just got really bored with the i got bored with the details in the barn they were just like okay yeah the yeah i was like there was a really and creepy I, tension at the start and after like five minutes you're like i don't care how much milk cost i just i don't care how much milk cost in 19 <laughs> whatever <laughs> yeah <laughs> so but i did like the safe like like finding the safe was super thrilling for me yeah for sure. By this, or not the, the safe. The, I mean the, the... Like door? Yeah, the door. Secret door. Yeah. It was, in, it was enjoyable. And then you get to enter the numbers on the keypad, and I thought that was like a cool little puzzle too, because you could find it in your journal, or you could just look at the keys that were like partially rubbed off, and then you could like guess based on that, which was cool. I was so frustrated with that. I did not get oh, really? at all. It took me forever. I had to Google oh. it. That was the only time I ever had to Google anything in Life is Strange. I just didn't get it. I mean, it was it was kind of weird. And I think Max even makes a comment after you do it that's like, oh, I thought that only worked in the movies. And I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, as soon as you finish that puzzle, um, fucking, like, massive tonal shift from being bored in the barn bored in the yeah barn. it goes like from nancy drew to dexter in like five <laughs> seconds <laughs> that's a really good description that is yeah precisely how it felt yeah it, it's pretty crazy like walking around there and seeing the whole like red binders um being finally revealed because it gets teased to you so often mm-hmm. and uh, you really wonder what those could be and then finally figuring those out is uh it was pretty exciting looking through that kind of stuff and uh, i didn't feel as scared which i don't think i was supposed to but you know it was a tense it was a tense moment i thought at any point someone would walk in yeah i mean i, I guess i scared is not the word i would use because i wasn't like you know it wasn't like we were playing fucking something with jump scares but i was definitely like on the edge of my seat with like what the fuck is going on this is really really unsettling this is a creepy ass place um and i remember one of the 
run-throughs of it that I watched after I beat it, the people playing it were echoing my thoughts, which was like, what the fuck, what the fuck, get the hell out of here, call the cops, call the FBI, call someone else, you're 18, don't deal with this, what the fuck, what the fuck, what the fuck. Um, And I think that needed to happen. I wish that was an option in the game. It's like, nope, call the FBI, call the president, call someone, (laughs) this is not, you shouldn't be (laughs) here. Call the president. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that was like, that was a really really unsettling environment like getting rid of all of the story things tied to it just the environment itself was very well put together and such that you kind of had an idea of what was going on but also it was just everything felt creepy Hmm. yeah yeah i'll echo that Yeah. yeah pretty true pretty true um i do enjoy the fact that like it went from both in tone and in scenery, just this hick ass barn <laughs> to an underground bunker with all these like steel clap walls and all the, it just, it just, it was in, it was fun, you know? Yeah. It rattled the brain a little it bit. It did. It was, it was a really good culmination point for like something that had been teased since episode one and you kind of knew you were going to get there. So there was already this explosive tension just by the fact that you were there built on top of that you were like figuring out so much about what was actually going on um like that was one of the places where i read every single thing because i was actually really interested in them like all the notes and letters um it was it was really well done and then you know naturally you you go and you open the binders and then shit gets like real real super fucked up real real super quick oh yeah yeah i mean the i'm I'm just gonna jump to be if if you don't mind, I'm just gonna jump straight to when you go back to the junkyard mm-hmm. and you find you know she just frantically goes at that dirt man and she finds the body and like that was really that is really the climax I guess if you because there I feel like there's a lot of climaxes to a bunch of different parts of this but that was really the like you figured almost all of it out you know like it's this is really it mm-hmm. and uh, I definitely felt the tensity of it. And uh, I'm glad because I feel like they could have dropped the Mr. Jefferson thing there. They could have done the needle and the the gun there. Yeah, they um, could have. But they didn't, which I kind of appreciate. And I thought they, I thought something was going to happen there. Like I really thought someone was going to find them there. And I'm glad they didn't. I'm glad there was time before the next episode where we could kind of have like a conversation about it. Yeah, I I definitely agree because that. That that fucking scene destroyed me. I felt yeah, so bad the, for Chloe. Because of the place that she was buried, it's like that's the worst part. That's where they hung mm-hmm. out, you know? It's they did a good job in making that the place where they found yeah. them. I, I will say good that scene. I could not listen to the song Mountains um for weeks after I finished the game without just being like basically <laughs> depressed immediately. Um and, and this is something that I wanted to mention throughout the whole episode um because i think there were a lot of instances in this but i I just haven't up to this point chloe's voice actress is very very good like not to take away from anyone else's but holy shit she fucking earns her money in this scene and the opening scene and she does a phenomenal job and it gave me goosebumps when i was watching through it yeah especially like even when she's you know marching off to go kill nathan basically immediately yeah she does like um, a really yeah. good like detached upset voice there she does a really good like i'm in pain and begging for help voice early on and she does a really good like hey <laughs> my life just crumbled and i found the worst thing i could possibly find voice in this scene um and yeah yeah again max does a great job plenty of people do a great job i think chloe is like a standout star in almost all aspects of this game but this this episode in particular hey i think um I think this, I think Life is Strange is like, <laughs> I'm about to say, a, I'm about to say an NSFW thing okay. here. Okay. I think Life is Strange is about to come. So I think we better stop jerking it off. Because <laughs> I think we have to come to a halt. Because the fucking Vortex Club party, man. Yeah. It goes from the most like <laughs> perfect, tense, amazing scenes to just this grinding halt of who gives a fuck. Yeah, man fucking pacing guys like yeah the it's so fucking well i'll explain why it's fresh that that's really it that's the only reason it's frustrating is it's just all of this amazing well-written shit 
and then you get to this vortex club party and it's just the teenagers from the first couple episodes and you talk to all of them they're like oh i don't know where nathan went he's uh, i don't know i'm kind of drunk but not really (laughs) it's stupid it's so boring i mean the conversation with victoria is kind of Good. I, I like the conversation with Victoria, um, which is in contrast to every other conversation you have that was fucking awful. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, the conversation with Victoria, I think, was good. It kind of showed Max, like, at the end of her ropes, like, yelling at her, and then you have the option to, like, warn Victoria about the darkroom, which I think was cool, because, like, if you were just a bitch to her the whole game, you don't you don't really get an option. Like, you can warn her, but she won't believe you anyway, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there were there were good moments in that, but holy shit, you're not wrong. Like, it's bad. And then there's like, Haha, what if there's a puzzle where you have to figure out how to get to the back room of the party? Oh, god damn it! This sucks, guys. Yeah, I. I yeah. This scene. Uh, it was. It was not yeah, good. This was by far the worst scene in the episode, and it takes way too long. It takes like, if you talk to everybody, which you know, of course I did, because. I wanted to be a completionist. I did. It's like it's yeah. like twenty five minutes or something. Twenty five or thirty minutes. Just yeah. like holy shit. In the whole time, in the whole time, you don't know where Chloe is. You don't know where manic, fucking insane, gonna go kill somebody. Doesn't care who sees Nathan or I mean Chloe, and you're just chit chatting with people. Like it just doesn't seem it, right. You're just like, oh, I'm so glad you made it out to the party, dude. Talking to <laughs> I, you can tell that one guy. I can't remember the character's name. The, like, guy who draws oh, your portrait hi, in the first episode, he you can, like, convince him to come to the party. And then you have, like, a two-minute conversation with him. I think Daniel about, like, oh, I'm so glad you finally made it out. I hope you're having a good time and everything. And it's like, dude, no, dude, shut up. Go. Yeah. Go. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, to be fair, Max does be like, okay, I don't really have time for this kind of thing. But still, like, they give you the option to not be like that and explore the party and i just don't care the the conclusion for all the side characters should have been in like the third episode not the fourth. yeah this this really did feel like the game just saying hey we want to make sure you have a chance to say goodbye to all of these characters in case you don't get a chance to talk to them again because it's you know episode five shit's gonna pop off and it's like oh okay i mean i'll do it but this is the wrong place and time and also i think this was like when this was happening was definitely one of the strongest moments of contrast for me in the game because, like, outside of the contrast and the pace and the tone, it was also, like, we have these really good in-depth characters and, like, Max and Chloe and, and even, like, David and Joyce and, you know, the, like, the actual main characters of the game are really well done and I have mixed emotions about them and all of the, like, side teens just don't get to be... Like, they, they feel like throwaway characters in this scene. Like, they feel like there was no yeah. character progression, and they didn't have There was no interaction really, other than to extend the game's length. Yeah. Episode one, like, they had plenty of opportunities to go in-depth with these characters, and they just kind of chose not to for all of the next episodes, it felt like. Well, the characters were used to explore the world that you live in. Like, they're they're used to explore the, the community of people that you live around. Yeah. I just wish some of them had been... I don't know, had felt more real. Yeah, that's, I don't know. I felt that they were real enough, like, art students or just teenagers and students in general. But I just don't think they, I don't think there's anything wrong with them in episode one. I just don't think they needed the time to shine in episode four. They just didn't need any more time. There is enough time with them in one through three where we didn't need to see them again. Yeah, I mean, they're they're Uh, fine in episode one through three again. Episode four is just like, my main issue with all of them felt like they had character's name and underneath that bullet point like oh dana dating this person oh daniel kind of an outcast oh this like none of them had characters i wish it i wish it could have been formatted so that you go to the vortex club party then you go figure everything out and like everything happens i wish that somehow they could have rewritten it so that happened first and maybe that was the issue is they like realized that and they it was too late to kind of it could be Make it that could happen. be if that's but where you got. It, it just got seems like a weird choice. Something that would have been good, but oh well. Yeah, yeah, that was yep. um, it was a bad bad scene. But it does kind of pick up at the end, and you run into Mister Jefferson, and he's like a little bit weird, um, which is kind of like your last sort of clue. And then I'm not still a hundred percent sure on the timeline. The like, 
because Mr. Jefferson announces the winner and then you immediately rush out because you got a text from Nathan and then Mr. Jefferson's basically there by the time you get to the junkyard. So like that motherfucker. Mr. Jefferson's a magical fucking. (laughs) Yeah, he's a magic teleporting time bending dude. Okay, I've got a theory. Okay, I like it. Mr. Jefferson is also a time traveler. Okay. Okay. (laughs) We're getting into something. We're getting into my, my only example is the fact that he was there before mm. you. I mean, that's enough of an example for me to consider it as a viable option. <laughs> because he, but he could only do it once. Yeah, maybe he, maybe he, maybe he's not a time traveler. Maybe he just has teleport powers. Well, I mean, to be fair though, you are there for a while before he he could have snuck up on you. It's not. Yeah clear if he was there beforehand he could have like parked far away and then snuck up on the girls but it just feels like they would be more aware than that also it's a fucking junkyard so it's not like you can creep up on someone real easily yeah you know i feel like there's a lot of shit around where like you're gonna like rustle something whether it be leaves or well yeah but it also means they would be unlikely to see you because you have so much shit to hide behind so like you know Six to one have done. Don't worry about it. Um, but, but yeah, exactly. It's it's too good of a scene to really care about. The yeah, petty it, I mean, it's definitely like, hey, we need this to work, so let's make it work. But I didn't give a fuck about that when I was playing through it. I was just like, holy shit! No, I did not see that coming. And holy shit, I think that motherfucker just killed Chloe, and I'm so mad. I'm so mad. Yeah, it was really hard for me to watch. Did you did you smash the fucking L two button when, <laughs> or you know whatever your rewind button was when you saw Chloe get shot and then you saw Max like put her hand out with desperation, but the you know drugs were overpowering her. Like, ugh, <laughs> I smashed that L two button. <laughs> I I did not. I think I took my hands off the keyboard and mouse and kind of was like, what what the fuck is going on right now? Oh okay. Um, I was. Yeah, it, it was a very, very well done scene. It, did you play episode five immediately after episode four ended? Do you remember? Yes, <laughs> I think. I think I did. What, there was like one gap. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. Because it took a long gap between three and four. And then I went four and five, like in the same gotcha. day. So I and I think I I think it was a day that I like missed work. Anyway, it's not important. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, worth it. You're making this podcast because of it, so it worked out. Um, I definitely remember vividly playing this because I played episode four on my birthday um, and finished it in the middle of the day on my birthday, and then had things planned for the rest of that day and night. So I was like, yeah. I'm going to be in a good mood and I'm going to go like to this baseball game and then I'll go get food and then I'll go to like the bar with some of my friends. And I remember the entire day just being like, yeah, but fucking Chloe though. Like, holy shit. This is the yeah. one. And like it, it did actively dampen my mood for a few hours after, like after I finished. I it. can imagine. So it was, um, I think I did take a break in between episode five, which I can't really speak what happens there, yeah. but it still put me in that mm-hmm. mood, you know? Yeah, it was, uh, it was good. It was like, Episode four. Was Do you a remember? Good episode, man. Yeah, it's it is the best. I know I said earlier that yet, but to be honest, it's better. Uh, yeah, it's, it's I think good. it is. It's I think best. it is far and away the best episode. Though it is long, but it is very. That's long. that's not to say that episode one to three are bad or shouldn't be there, obviously. But like, it, it just because it's a worthy climax. Yes, you know, it's a good ass. It, it forces you to grapple with a lot of difficult themes in a very well-done way, and it sticks the landing on everything it tries to do in this episode, um, which yeah. previous episodes have had um, kind of, I would say, spotted history, sometimes sticking the landing really well, sometimes not quite as well. So um, mad props to everyone who was part of the development team on episode four. You guys knocked it out of the park on this one. Yeah, except for the Vortex Club Except for the Vortex Club party. Those people should get fired. Fucking interns did that one, obviously, Duncan. Yeah, obviously. (laughs) Bunch of fucking teenagers. (laughs) It did feel like a shitty teenage party, to their credit. You know. Yeah. It was... Was Drunk Warren, like, the funniest thing ever? It was... Remember, I didn't like Warren very much. So, well, because he's like, he's like, if you called two beers in drunk, yeah. and he's like, 
<laughs> pretending to be drunk and it just it's just funny. I was a little I love how he, he says being drugged, honestly. Oh, that would have been great. You walk into the <laughs> studio and Warren's just fucking, you know, none of the other girls have been naked, but I like to imagine he's completely naked. Jesus Christ. Drugged what up. The fuck, man. Um, and then, like, you, you, you're you like, wake up, Warren, wake up. And he, like, shittily wakes up and is like, oh, oh Max, let's go ape. <laughs> and then he falls back. And then Max is like, mm, I think I'll just leave him here for a while. <laughs> oh, yeah. fuck Warren. Um, I do. The only other thing I wanted to mention, which I remember, um, is you get that little like twenty second clip at the end of each episode that's a preview for the next episode, and they did a really good job picking the clip for this episode because I was super uncomfortable because it's just like Mr. Jefferson picking up a needle and walking away as you hear Max whimpering like, "Please, you don't have to do this." And it was oh yeah, not dude. Fun. I, I really that made me uncomfortable. Yeah, that was really not. Uh, ugh. Ugh. Fuck that. Yeah. Fuck that indeed. So yeah. Yeah, that was that was terrifying. Yeah. Did you have anything um, else you wanted to touch on for episode four? Any other hot takes and questions? That's my thinking song, and it's over because I'm done thinking, and I don't have anything else. Not, the the tongue clicks are really what sold it at the end there. I wasn't I wasn't sold on the song until those two clicks, but it was good, very good. Thank you. Uh, Thank so you. yeah, that'll wrap up episode four, uh, the dark room uh, for our Life is Strange run. So that means next time will be the final episode. Final episode, episode, episode. <laughs> I don't know what you're doing right now. I don't know what you're doing right now. Don't know what you're doing right now. Now. Okay. You said dark room and it was it sounded whisperable and I like Well the it. next episode is not the dark room though. The next episode is polarized. polarized. God damn it. Fucking I thought maybe if I said it you'd switch to something else, but I see that clearly that was not going to be the case. Um so yeah. I'm not trying to sell ASMR here. I'm just trying to make a cool It just kinda sounds like you're trying to do some ASMR shit and I'm not really feeling shit. it. Shit. Yeah. Alright. Well, I'm really excited for next episode. I can't wait to just talk about the thing as a whole. Yes. Yay. Finally. Excitement abounds. Finally, we can talk about everything without having to worry about spoilers. Um, so definitely. This is your last chance, guys. This is it. If you don't email us a question, we're done. I'm done. I'm not. I can't do. I can't go another episode of of thoughts from player one without someone sending us a question yeah guys we really need help because we can't think of good ones on our own so really it would just be <laughs> be really helping us out quite a bit yeah well if you want us to keep going <laughs> go thoughts from player one at gmail.com it's all spelt out mm-hmm. and uh, or you can tweet it at us at thoughts from p1 at at, at twitter <laughs> at twitter.com <laughs> that's our twitter handle for those of you who need a need a tweet, right. tweet handle. Um, for those of you following the ongoing saga, I still am planning on at some point making a Facebook <laughs> for the <laughs> podcast. You're never going to make a Facebook, dude. I have dude. definitely <laughs> looked into it, and there are no other Facebook pages named you Thoughts looked from into your options. One, so. You've looked into the subscription? No, I've... I've done the market research, Duncan, and Facebook is trending with the older generation, so we got to snag that one pretty quick, um, is my thinking. Hey, also, check out, if you like our goofs and our laughs and our stupid shit that I say or Alex says, check out our uh, new series, Follow Your Rainbow, where we're playing episodes of um, uh, Sonic Adventure Battle 2, piece by piece. It's a laugh. It's a gag. You'll enjoy it. It's a it. great fun time for all ages. Just kidding. The Super not all ages. 18 plus only, please. Yeah. 18 plus, 18 plus. <laughs> <laughs> we get into some real, real dark Sonic stuff in there, and I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to scare the children, so, you know. I wouldn't want to either. Um, also, just as kind of late note, which I meant to put at the top of the episode, uh, Apologies in advance for this episode probably going up a day or two late. I've been pretty sick the last couple of days, so we haven't been able to record until today, which is when it would normally go up anyway. So we're definitely doing our best, and thanks for bearing with us. Feel free to email us about how angry you are. That will count. We'll keep doing it if you email us about how angry you are. 
Alex got AIDS. <laughs> that was the dumbest. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm no sorry. email can Alex come back had the consumption. That. I had a cold. You can hear it in my voice a little he, bit. Alex had the consumptions. I don't know what that means. Google no, it. that sounds like I'm something I'm going to be sad. I Googled. Anyway, that's going right. to do it for this episode of yeah. uh, Thoughts from Player One, our Life is Strange run. So we will catch you guys yep. in a week or two, probably two, but the schedule's been Catch weird. you guys on the flippity flop! Duncan. That's it? Duncan, no. What? Flippity flop. That's all the beans in the pot, boys. Better. That's much better than flippity flop. We'll catch you guys later. How did I not clip? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all right, see you guys. <laughs>